Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Exodus, chapter 1. I look around this morning, I see a lot of men, and that's exactly who I'm going to talk to today. I don't mean you ladies are off the hook. (laughs) Exodus chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 8. Excuse me. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Y'all know what that means? It means they didn't cut them any slack. Verse 15, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew with midwives, of which the name of one was Shipra, and the name of the other was Pua. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing, and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto the Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God and that He had made made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go any further. Father, I come to you right now, Lord. Lord, you you know me by myself, I am nothing. I am inadequate. I have faults, I have failings. Father, what I desire right now is that your anointing would come. Lord, that I'd be able to speak as you'd have me to speak. That all of my faults and failures would fade away in the light of your glory. Lord, give me words to speak. Help me to say what you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What I want to talk to you about today is the need for godly men. Now let's look at this scripture we just read. And you have to ask yourself a question. 
why did Pharaoh want all the boys dead? There's, there's very good reasons why, okay? Well, first we're going to talk about the, the normal carnal side of things. And then I want to show you how that, excuse me, how that relates to you today in the spirit, okay? Because there's very definite correlations between these two things. First of all, why do you kill the boys? Let's think about this for a minute. First of all, this is population control, right? That's the simplest thing. Population control. We eliminate them. They can't go too far. They can't get too mighty. They can't get too great. We can keep them contained. We can have them do what we want them to do. Okay? But I want you to understand something. You don't need to eliminate the boys to have population control. Okay? Look at China today. They have population control, but who do they want to keep? They want to keep the boys, right? Why is that? Because they're building an army. Okay? They're building an army. You can't build an army with women. No offense to the women. You've got to have fighting men. Okay? See, men in this world have a certain role. We are to be protectors. We are to be warriors. We are to be leaders. Okay? I'm not trying to degrade women in any way today. I want y'all to just hang with me for a minute because you'll see what I'm talking about. We have a certain role as men. So Pharaoh looked at those Israelites. He said, you know what? If I eliminate those boys... They can't build an army. If I eliminate the boys, I destroy their leadership. If I eliminate the boys, I destroy their fighting spirit. I destroy their hope. Y'all hear me this morning? Alright. So that's in the, that's in the normal realm. Our earthly realm. How is that? Tie into the spiritual. Well, like I said, men hold a very important place. I didn't say it's greater than, I said it's important. Okay? You want to look at, at why our uh, children are in such dire conditions today? You look at the families where you see there's no father and see what happens. Right? You look at our prison system today, you go and talk to those convicts, and I guarantee you the largest majority of the ones you talk to, you'll find they were raised by a mother or a grandmother. They didn't have a dad. Now, does that, does that tell you the women didn't know what they were doing? No. What that tells you is that those women rose up and took a position that, but out of necessity that wasn't theirs. All right? So, you see, there was a a need for a godly man in the life of that person. I want you to understand something today. You see, in the spiritual realm, there is a need for leadership. In the spiritual realm, there is a need for a warrior. In the spiritual realm, there's a need for an army of God. I want you all to understand today that what God needs on His side today is godly men. 
You want to see a change in your church? A change in your home? A change in this world? There needs to be godly men standing up and saying, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to take some responsibility up on myself and say, that's my place. That's what I need to do. Quit waiting on other people to do it for us. Pharaoh knew if he could just destroy their hope. If he could just tear them down to the point they didn't want to fight. He had them. Y'all know how long he had them? 400 and something years. Alright? You think his plan was effective? I guarantee you it was effective. But see, something happened. Something happened. There was a godly man. He didn't know his place at first. Okay? Took him a long time to find it. Took him 80 years. Went by the name of Moses. He didn't know his place. He went about it the wrong way to start with. He decided he was going to kill a man. See, he, he recognized a need for that leader. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to take things into my own hands. But that wasn't the right way. So God sent him out into the wilderness to wander around for 40 years. And God finally got a hold of him. And he said, now listen, this is what you should have done. And he sent him back. See, there's an order to things. I'm telling y'all today that men should be leaders in their homes, in their businesses, in their church. But listen, there is somebody that they should be submissive to. Right? The Almighty God. There is an order to things. God is in control. I submit to Him and take His direction. And my wife tags right along with me. So Moses finally got it right. He, he decided, I'm going to listen to God. And what did he do then? Because of a godly man, he led those people out of bondage. He led them, right? Under the hand of God, he led them. Men preserve a bloodline. This is another thing. You see, here's another part of Pharaoh's plan that's not really spelled out. In the scripture we read. See, you can take a, a woman and incorporate her into your race or family, and that bloodline begins to be destroyed. Okay? Y'all understand what I'm saying today? See, Pharaoh knew he could take those Hebrew women that were born, bring them into his family. And in just a few generations, that Hebrew bloodline would be wasted. It would be gone. I don't have to deal with the Hebrews anymore. Right? You can't do that with boys. Boys preserve the bloodline. Boys preserve the bloodline. You say, Kevin, okay, what does that mean in the spiritual realm? I'm here to tell you today that it is my responsibility as the husband, as the father, to preserve a spiritual bloodline in my family. There ain't nobody else going to do it, right? It's my job. That is ordained by God. He gave me that responsibility. 
I have to preserve that spiritual bloodline in my kids. You say, well, well, what about those single mothers? Can't they teach their kids in the ways of the Lord? They most definitely can. But I guarantee you, you won't find a single one that wouldn't just die for the chance to have a godly man in their life that is willing to be an example to those kids and carry that burden that they weren't designed to carry. There is a longing built into you to be in the place God made you to be. But we shuck that responsibility time after time after time. There needs to be godly men. There needs to be godly men. And you may be sitting here saying, my dad was not a godly man. Or my dad is not a godly man. What do I do? Well, I want some of you men that are here today to keep that in mind. Not every kid has a godly man in their life. Not every kid. You see, you can't always take that daddy and make him what he's supposed to be. So sometimes there needs to be a substitute. Y'all understand that this is a body of Christ. We have a family here. And if you as a godly man look around and see a kid that does not have a godly father, maybe you could take him in. Maybe you could be an example to him. Maybe you can see that need and begin to minister to that need. You may not be able to preserve his carnal bloodline, but you can preserve that spiritual bloodline just the same. We have a responsibility to be godly men to this generation. Who's going to teach my kids? Somebody's going to teach them. Y'all hear me? If it ain't me, it may be somebody I don't want teaching them. If I'm not putting something into them that takes root and begins to grow and I'm not feeding that thing and keeping it healthy and alive, I guarantee you somebody's going to come plant weeds. Somebody's going to plant tares, right? Somebody's going to bring about destruction if I, as a godly man, am not on watch. I have a duty to my family. It's not just to go provide. Y'all, that's the first thing and the least thing. It's not just to provide. My job is the spiritual leader of my house. What did Joshua say? He said, choose this day who you will serve. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He didn't say after I went and had a conversation with them and talked them into it and they decided they're going to follow. He said, no, I don't care what they think about it. Today, I choose God. And we are going to serve the Lord whether they like it or not. I am so tired of hearing people say, well, he just didn't feel like coming today. Huh? Ain't he your kid? Don't you have dominion in your house? What do you mean he didn't feel like coming? What do you mean he don't want to be here? I don't care if my kids want to come. And many times I didn't want to come when I was a kid. Huh? Oh man, I wanted to stay home. Listen, when I was a kid at 7 o'clock on Sunday nights, my favorite TV show, MacGyver, came on. Right? Y'all know what time church started? 7 o'clock. 
praise God for the, the technology of a VCR, right? Huh? But you know why I missed that show so many times? Because my godly father and mother said, I don't care if you want to watch TV. You're going to church, boy. I don't care if you don't feel all that good today. You're going to church. That's your rightful place. It's where you ought to be. There's a whole lot of lessons I learned in my life. I didn't like them. Well, I learned them anyway. Because I had somebody that's willing to stand up and say, tough. I'm trying to preserve something in you. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. That means with everything I got, I need to show Him love. And these words which I shall command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them. Listen to me. Okay? Listen to what I'm reading to you right now. This is a directive for fathers. If this ain't for fathers, I don't know who it's for. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. You know what that means? Diligently. It means when you don't feel like it, you do it anyway. You should make as much effort as possible to teach these things under your kids. And all those times you say, well, I've done it five times in a row. I can skip one or two. No, diligently. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down and when thou risest up. That means every word out of your mouth, you ought to be bringing Jesus into their heart. You ought to be teaching them the ways of the Lord. You ought to bring them up in the way they should go. And if thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which He sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee greatly and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Listen, then beware. Lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You see, what what he was trying to tell these people 
is that these things that have happened, you need to remind your kids. You need to write it on the walls. You need to make it be an ever-present force in their life that they see God is the one God. There ain't but one, and He's the one that brought us here. He's the one that gave us what we have. We didn't do nothing for it. He gave it to us. I want you to hear me. He brought us out of bondage. He brought us out of darkness into His marvelous light. And there wasn't nothing we did to earn it. Our God is a good God. And that's what we need to preach to our kids on a daily basis. It takes godly men to take a stand in this day. This day is rough. This day is tough. But I'm here to tell you that there is nothing greater than my God. And if we enforce those principles and plant them into our kids, the Scripture says when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Stand on that promise. Y'all, it ain't wishful thinking. Do you hear what I said? You say, well, I'm standing on the promises of God. Okay, are you being diligent? You see that promise, let me read it to you real quick. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. It says, train up a child. You know what it takes to train a child? Work. It ain't wishful thinking. There is a definite process you go through to train a child. It takes effort. It takes diligent effort. You can't slack off for a month and then come back and expect that kid to respond to what you're saying. You have to set that example and you better walk it and live it or they will see you for what you are. A liar. You think they won't call you out? I guarantee you they will. But daddy, didn't you say this? But daddy, shouldn't we be doing this right now? What you should say in that instance is say, you know, you're right, let's do it. Thank you for reminding me. See, we all fail. We all have faults. I ain't trying to tell you that from this day forward you're going to be a perfect dad. I ain't trying to tell you from this day forward you're going to be a perfect godly man. But listen, diligence doesn't say I never miss a beat. Diligence says I keep plucking away at it. Diligence says I keep working no matter how I feel about it. I might fall, I might fail, but I get right back up and I keep pushing. I'm telling you, our our children today need some daddies to push. Push! Push back today, Dad. Push back. They may say they want this or that. Tell them no. If it's going to lead them the wrong way, tell them no. It's not worth the damage that's going to be done. I don't care if your kids want Facebook and all their friends do. I don't care. Until you can make peace with God about it, you better say no. No. I want you all to understand something. Kids are not smart. Right? They think they are. I guarantee you all mine right here say, what do you mean? I'm smart. They think they know more than I do. There is a reason why they go to school, ain't it? They go to school to learn things they don't know yet. 
And there's a whole lot I know from experience that I ought to be imparting into them. And they say, well, I want to go over here. That's my friend. I don't care. No. But I, 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 do I really need to go to church? I want to do this over here. No. You're going to church. You, you say, well, well, wait a minute. What, ain't, is there anything wrong with them going to another church? I don't care. There's a reason why I don't go to that church. And I go to this one, right? This is where God put me. Right? Maybe I, maybe I don't disagree with the other church about their teaching. Maybe that's okay, but the point is, God put me in this church for a reason. Now, maybe you didn't seek God about the church you're going to. But I guarantee you, I do. I know where I'm going is where God wants me to be, or I ain't going to stay there. I'm going to keep looking. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So why in the world would I let my kids go somewhere else if this is where God wants me? You see, they need to follow my lead, not me follow them around wherever their little mind takes them. Hmm? Y'all, y'all ever seen foolishness in a kid? <laughs> Proverbs says something about that. <laughs> I believe it says the rod of correction will drive foolishness far from the mind of a child. They do foolish stuff sometimes. I still do foolish things from time to time. And my Heavenly Father is sure to correct me. He don't slack, see? <laughs> the Word says He's not slack as some men count slackness. Right? He does not cut me any slack. When, when I go wrong, He is sure to remind me of it. And He's sure to do what is necessary. Hear what I'm saying. See, He don't just remind me. He is sure to make the corrections in my life that are necessary that I will want to get back on the right path. You understand that? I know each and every one of y'all know what I'm talking about today. You've all went wrong from one time or another and God grabbed you by the ear and said, get back over here. Just like you did your kids. Why would you grab that kid by the arm and say, get over here? Probably because you saw danger. Right? How many times y'all had a kid try to run out in a parking lot and you, you see the car coming, you grab him and say, get over here. You're going to get run over. See, you can see the danger they can't. And a lot of times in our spiritual life, it's the same way. I see the danger coming because I went through it. I experienced it. I know the outcome is not desirable. So I, I take my kids and say, no, don't do that. You get over here. Godly men need to be in existence in a family. Godly men take a stand. Godly men don't sit idly by while their kids go to hell. Godly men don't sit by while their wife has to do all the work. While their wife rules the house. While their wife trains the kids. It's not their job. I'm not telling you that women don't give instruction to kids. I'm not telling you women are not capable. I'm telling you it's not their place. Okay? It's our place. It's the place of a godly man under submission to the Father to say, I'm going to ruin this house. I'm going to run it the way He says I need to. 
You notice I didn't say the way I need to, right? Huh? What did that scripture we just read say? It says to put it on the doorpost. It says to write it on the wall. Keep it in the front of their face all the time so that they know God is who we serve. God is who we're concerned about. It's not the concern of our friends and the the general opinion of us. It's God that we care about. God should be the first thing I think of. He said to do it when you rise up, when you go walking outside, when you lie down. Do it when you come, when the comes an opportunity. Bring it back to your memory. Tell your kids about it. Remind them on a daily basis. Men are to direct their families in the worship of God. You understand that? We're supposed to teach our kids how to worship. We're supposed to teach our kids how to pray. We're supposed to teach our kids who their source is. Huh? It ain't daddy. Y'all hear me? How many of y'all give their kids whatever they want? I've done it too much. I know I have. They're over there. Oh, Lord. We ain't getting nothing this year, y'all. It's okay to spoil your kids. It is. There better be something behind that. Hmm? Good, good things you give them, material things, that don't mean nothing. That stuff is gone before you can blink an eye. But I guarantee you, you begin to pour the principles of God into them, they won't forget it. My kids remind me all the time of, of stuff I've taught them. Hmm? One of them will get hurt and they'll say, Daddy, will you pray for me? What? Rondo will be hurting. Caleb will come in there and pray for her. Y'all, it's just the simplest prayer. Man, that principle is there though. That principle is there. And I guarantee you, the ears of God just perk up. What was that? Oh... You think it don't please God when one of those little ones come to Him in prayer? You think He don't pay attention? Oh, he, they ain't got to have the formula perfect. Oh, Thou Heavenly Father. Let's say, Jesus, touch my mama. Amen. <laughs> what? Huh? Yeah. We need to get that attitude sometimes and quit all the shenanigans. Come to Him as humble as a child and see what He begins to do in your life now. What I'm telling you today is that none of that takes place without a godly man in the house. Huh? I I know there's lots of people that say, my grandma taught me how to pray. That's that's good. That's good that you learned. How much better would it have been if that godly man was there doing his job? How much better would it have been? There's this movie called Courageous. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I thought about watching it tonight, but I don't think we're going to do that. Uh, But you need to see it. 
This movie's created by a church. It's got nothing but godly principles in it. There's a, a point in the movie where the guy's addressing the church and he says, where are you men of courage? Where are you? And people begin to stand up and say, I want to be one of those men. I want to be. You see, it takes resolve. You hear me? You know what resolve is, men? You know what resolve is? It means I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to do it no matter what. Because there's a prize worth attaining. You hear me? Your resolve will be tested. Listen to me. Your resolve will be tested on a daily basis. Brother Kevin back there was in the Marines. He knows what I'm talking about. You get out there running with that group of people. You know what the goal is? Just to make it. <laughs> right? Just to make it. Till, they, till that guy in front says, okay, that's enough. Let's turn around and go home. Because you don't know when that's going to happen. So what is it that keeps you going? Resolve. Sometimes your physical limitations come into play and you just got to go anyway. My body says, I can't do it. And you say, tough. Huh? Y'all see the, the correlation now? You see what I'm talking about? Your body will scream out and say, I can't make it. There ain't no way. When is that guy ever going to turn around so we can go home? Surely we've ran 20 miles by now. And you have to say, it's worth it to make it. What's the prize I'm going to get? It ain't much, right? It's just satisfaction of knowing I didn't quit. Right? So, so in, in my parenting, in my, and it's not just about kids either. My wife comes into play. As a husband, it comes into play. I have to resolve, I'm going to be the godly man that God wants me to be in this house. There's gonna come times when I'm tested and tried and I wanna quit. I have to see what the prize is. The satisfaction of knowing I didn't quit, I gave it everything I had, might be all there is. But I guarantee you there's more. You see, when you see those kids come up and you see them serving God, it didn't happen by accident. It wasn't wishful thinking. Listen, my prayers alone are not enough to keep my kids straight. Y'all hear me today? That that is an important principle that a lot of Christians miss. They think, I'll just keep praying. Y'all, there has to be some action with that faith. You have to put that faith to work and begin to say, I resolve to do everything I possibly can to keep this thing afloat. No matter how much it hurts me. It's not easy being godly. You know why I know that? Because if it was, everybody would be. You know what? It's not normal. 
Think about that for a minute. It's not normal being godly. The Word tells us we're a peculiar people. Called to show forth His praises. It's not easy. It's not popular. Your kids won't like it. They will resist you. (laughs) You think they won't? Try it. See. But it's worth it. God said, be ye holy for I am holy. That's the only reason you need right there. Why? Because He said to Him, because He is. We're supposed to be like Him.